Well, hey, hey there, happy innovators. How you guys doing? Long time no podcast once again, I know. But, uh, you know, I've been busy, actually. I've been really busy working on, actually, several pieces of music all at one time. And uh, just kind of getting them all ready to be released. So stay tuned for new music and everything. And um, speaking of new music, I do want to talk a little bit today about some of the songs that I've just recently released and the songs that you've already heard. Um, But before I get into that, I want to talk a little bit about the whole situation here in the States right now and really all over the world. You know, I I have to mention it, you know, because um, I think it's something that's affecting everyone right now it's something you can't get away from and it's you know it's not the most important thing in the world like politics and uh you know world events are not the most important thing in the world okay they're they're not but they are important and they should be talked about and you know i just wanted to share i guess really quick this idea like you know uh i guess maybe you know taking what I said in my last podcast a little bit further, um, I've come to the conclusion that when we're watching what's happening, like on social media and everything, it's, it's really kind of like this. Basically, it's all like tabloids, you know? When you watch YouTube, and I watch YouTube all the time, um, you know, the thumbnails pop up, you know, you see the, the topics and the things that, you, you know, the videos are about and they look like the National Enquirer. I mean, it looks like tabloid fodder, you know, and that's exactly, I think anyway, at this point, that's exactly what I think that we're looking at. And the question is like, well, one, how much of what we're seeing is actually true and how much of what we're seeing is actually just sensationalized storytelling. And, you know, it's hard to discern sometimes fact from fiction. So what I would suggest is, you know, don't pay too much attention to any of it. You know, and if you're able to, maybe, like I have, you know, tune out almost 100%. Almost. Almost. Uh, I, I no longer have a Facebook account. I no longer have Twitter. You know, I've abandoned social media. I just don't, I don't think that social media has really benefited my music at all. Um, not even a little. Um, so it's something I find that I can do without. And at least for the time being, at least for, you know, the near future, the foreseeable future, I plan on not participating in it anymore. Um, And that's that. You know, that's really pretty much all I want to say about it. I'm not too worried about the things that I see. I'm not too worried and, you know, worked up about the conspiracy theories and, you know, and all the, you know, the fodder, the cannon fodder that we're getting from both the heritage media, you know, and, uh, social media it's all so convoluted that you can't really rely on it anymore and it's really just entertainment and television and you know what i would much rather spend my time you know 
checking out stuff that's totally irrelated to politics and world events, you know? Um, is it sticking my head in the sand? No, not really, because, I mean, to a certain degree, it can't be avoided. You're going to hear about it no matter what. But is it healthy to be devoting, you know, what, 50% or 80% of your thought processes, you know, analyzing what's happening or what you're hearing about what's happening, which may or may not be true? Eh, I don't know. I don't think so. So at least for me, for now... I'm just kind of like bowing out, you know, I'll continue to make music. I'll continue to release stuff on YouTube, but I don't really have any use for anything else right now. I don't do Instagram. I don't do, uh, you know, Snapchat or any of that stuff because, you know, as we're seeing, you know, it's, they can cancel it at any time anyway. So what, what's the point, you know, what's, what's really going on here? You know, I don't know. There's no way I could ever know. I can only stand back and observe and, you know, kind of use my best judgment and try to piece together some version of the truth of what's going on. But you know what? I have drum tracks to record and I have a song to sing or lyrics to write, you know, a video to make. I'm busy. So there you go. There's that. Got that out of the way. Anyway, so today I want to talk about music. You know, I originally wanted to do some kind of special thing, you know, for the last 10 podcasts, but I couldn't really think of anything, to be honest. And, you know, it's like maybe I'll do something special for like the last five. Okay, but I just really wanted to get behind the microphone today and do a little bit of talking. I think enough time had gone by. You know, I don't want to let you guys hang too long without getting something from me. So, you know, I thought, you know what I want to do is I want to talk about uh, the past, like, three songs that I've released. Okay, because each one of them has kind of got, like, a unique little story. And um, by now, you've heard the music. You've, you know, been enjoying it, hopefully. And um, I'll give you a little bit of background on some of those songs because it's kind of cool, I think. And also, too, I have another track that I'm working on right now that I'm probably going to try to release, like, in tandem with this podcast. So there is new music coming very soon. And that song has a story, too. I'll, I'll tell you that story, too. But, so... I have these three songs that I just recently released for the new Pipe Choir album, The Wrench and the Rubicon, okay? Uh, I had uh, Circuit Freaker, I had Anatoly, and uh, Everything Will Be Alright, okay? So, I guess I should start with Anatoly, if I'm going to go with chronological order. Now, Anatoly um, was a song that was brand new. Okay, it was a piece of music that I had built, kind of like assembled, and um, I was happy with the music, and it came along really quick, and I had a melody idea and lyric idea. Everything just kind of came along really quick. But um, what's kind of cool is this, and this is what makes Anatoly different than pretty much, I think, any other Pipe Choir song or PC3 song or whatever that I've ever released. Um, Anatoly 
was the first time I based a song idea off of a movie. Like, there was this movie that I saw a long time ago. Um, It was a movie called The Island. And it was a Russian film. Okay, had subtitles. Um, Really great movie. Uh, You know, filmed excellent and directed excellent and the actors and the scenery and the just the whole thing the cinematography everything was done so well and it made such an impression on me and um you know it was actually part of this thing called filmmovement.com it's like this group of people that are putting out movies that are independent um you know they're they're not big budget films but they're well-made films And the films that they release are kind of like curated, you know, so they're not just hacks and they're not, you know, garbage. They're all really well done films from directors and filmmakers from all over the world. And they're all independent, underground. And, uh, you know, of course, I'm into that kind of thing. It's totally cool with me. So um, I subscribed to this filmmovement.com. And, you know, every once in a while, like once a month or something, I would get a new movie to watch, a new film. And uh, this film, The Island, was one of those films from filmmovement.com. And I was so taken with this movie. It was just, there were so many things about it that I liked. And it had a lot of impact on me. Um, Even like long after I had seen it. Like it would kind of come back into my mind and I would remember things and just, um, you know, every once in a while, my wife and I would watch the film again. Once again, it was like, you know, even better the second time, even better the third time, you know, just kept getting better. And I, I realized that this movie really has become kind of like a part of my creative, uh, what, nebula like in my brain, you know, like this movie is in there. It's sunk into my, my synapse, you know? And, uh, so there's this character in this movie without, you know, ruining the movie for you. Um, there's this character named Anatoly. That's his name. And, uh, I was really kind of taken with this character, you know? And yeah, it's only a, you know, an actor playing a role in a film, but you know, sometimes, you know, if, if art is done, you know, in a really proper way, it can have a serious impact on you as a person or me as a person. I mean, it can it can really take on more than just the sum of its parts. And so right when I was working on this song, I had the music done, the melody idea done, kind of like the lyric. Um, my wife and I kind of like by accident wound up watching this film, The Island, again. And we hadn't seen it in a while, you know? So it was just one of those reminders, like, it, like oh my gosh, like just this revelation, like how much this movie has sunk into my, my creativity, like into my ideas, and how much I related to the, the visuals and the subject matter and all that stuff. I mean, it was fantastic. So I decided that I was going to consciously try, okay, to write a song 
like about that character, about that movie. And that may not seem like a big deal to you, but I've never done that before. You know, it was something I thought was kind of like a challenge and um, something that would have meaning. And I like the idea of like someone's art influencing my art and kind of like complimenting it, you know. So there's this song, Anatoly. So, uh, you know, if you notice, like on the thumbnail for the video and everything, I had the text, you know, written in Russian and it was about this character you know, Anatoly. And uh, I won't say too much more about it. I'll let you watch the film and then I'll let you listen to my lyrics and see if you can piece together, you know, kind of like what I'm talking about or whatever. And also, too, I got to say this about Anatoly, that song. There's a part, it's like the, the bridge of the song where I'm just kind of making noises with my mouth. I'm not saying words. In the, you know, the part where I go, oh, oh, yeah, nah, when I'm doing that, that was a scat vocal that I did. And for the first time ever in a pipe choir song, I decided to leave that little piece of scat vocal in the song. I didn't re-sing it or anything. And I thought that was kind of like, you know, a little bit daring, a little bit on the fringe, you know? Um, not that it's a big deal or anything, but you know, for me, it kind of was kind of cool, right? Um, so yeah, there's Anatoly. Okay. So that was that one. And hopefully you guys liked it. I thought it sounded pretty good. There's a couple of things about it that, you know, I wish I could go back and change. It's kind of like typical, you know? Yeah. I, I work really hard on something and I try really hard to make it great and I release it. And then very often, like, you know, like a few days later or something, I'll hear something in it and I'll go, oh, I should have done this different or whatever, but like nitpicking, you know, but uh, I try not to do too much of that, you know, because it's not really that deep, you know. Um, and who knows, maybe in the future, somewhere down the line, you know, 10 years from now, God willing, I'm still alive. Um, I'll I'll revisit it. You know, I don't know. Who knows? That's the freedom I have. You know, the freedom as an artist, I can do whatever I want. You know, I don't have to answer to some stupid like A and R guy or some stupid manager or somebody who's you know telling me what to do. You know, I could do whatever the heck I want. So that's kind of cool. I love that. I love that about this whole thing. You know, it's so free and wide open. I could do whatever I want. Think about it. It's a hell of a life, you know. Um, anyway, so on to Circuit Freaker. Now, I told you guys uh, in the last podcast, you know, I was sick and everything. And I was working on Circuit Freaker. And the finished mix of Circuit Freaker came out the way it did. <laughs> Because I was like in this cloud, you know, this this pharmaceutical cloud in my brain. And it was like all I could do was, you know, work on this instrumental piece of music. I couldn't sing because the medicine I was on was making me hiccup and I, I, I couldn't sing and I couldn't do a podcast. All I could do was just tweak this song over and over again, just for two weeks, just combing over it 
and changing this and changing that and adding this and eliminating this and just you know that was all I did but that song is actually very old Circuit Freaker was an idea that I had written back in like 2008 and I wrote it exactly at the time I was moving from one place to another and it just so happened okay that the place that I was moving to was a place that I would be able to have a real studio like in my house okay so it was my first experience with that like up until that point my studio had just been kind of like a room with some equipment in it but now I was in a place where I had a studio and the first song that I worked on one of the first songs I worked on anyway was Circuit Freaker and uh, it was an idea that I always liked you know it was something I thought was pretty strong I you know I wanted to you know go as far with it as I could but what happened was like I've talked about before in past podcasts my recording equipment crashed okay and I lost all the sessions for that song and this is back before I you know had the uh, foresight to you know have backups and redundancies and all that kind of stuff so I literally lost you know the sessions for Circuit Freaker but I did have the finished mixes of Circuit Freaker burned down to CD so I was able to listen to the song and enjoy it I just couldn't you know add to it or amend it or change it in any way so you know for you know well for about 10 and 12 years or whatever I would just every once in a while you know pop in Circuit Freaker the instrumental thing that I had this idea for this song that I had and you know I would listen to it and of course I would like it you know and I would bum out because I really wanted to work on it but I had lost all the sessions stuff whatever so maybe about three months ago I decided that what I was going to do was start from scratch I was going to redo Circuit Freaker I would start from scratch you know from the ground up and that's what you got when you listen to that track now Um, and of course like in the time that I wrote Circuit Freaker like the music and the time that I released it which was you know maybe a month or two ago or whatever it was now um, a lot of things had changed for me you know uh that's a lot of time 10 years is like a lot of time (laughs) to you know grow and to learn more you know about recording and even uh playing the instruments and songwriting you know 10 years is a good amount of time uh for a lot of change to take place and of course a lot of change did take place and you know, maybe what I'll do at the end of this is I'll share with you the old version of uh, Circuit Freaker, the original version, and uh, let you hear that, you know, what it used to sound like when I first wrote it. And it's very similar. You may not hear too much of a difference, really. But, um, you know, uh, I was really happy with the final version of it. You know, I like the idea, I'll tell you, I like the idea of making a song that was instrumental um, 
It does have some, like, I guess, lyric or word to it, but it's more like an effect, you know, that voice saying, go, you know, it's not really me saying it. It's not somebody singing lyrics or something. It's just, it was kind of a weird kind of departure for me uh, to do Circuit Freaker. And I also, too, you know, had this idea, and I've, this is probably brought on by uh, <laughs> the medicine that I was taking at the time, but um, I wound up running that whole song like through an effect called a flanger, okay? And uh, normally, like in a, in a studio situation, uh, you know, music production situation, running like the entire song, like the entire mix of a song through one effect is like a big no-no. Like as far as I can tell, or as far as I know, it's not something that a lot of producers or engineers would do. You know, they would discourage that kind of thing. And uh, just one night, kind of like on a whim by accident in my purple haze that I was floating around in, I decided to run that song through this effect, this flanger. And oh my gosh, it was like, it sounded so good to me. (laughs) You know, in my state of mind, I was like, this is really wild sounding. It sounds like fire. You know, like if music could sound like fire, you know, this is what it would sound like. So uh, I, di- I did decide to kind of take a little bit of a risk to kind of go out on a limb a little bit and run maybe not the whole song through that effect, but certain key instruments in that mix through that effect. And that's what you hear. That's, it gives it that kind of sound like that, that weird kind of scoop of air you know, and uh, I, I just loved it. I thought it sounded great. And like I said, it was like a departure of what I would from what I would normally do. You know, I normally would not do that. No one would ever do that, but I can do whatever I want. Remember? So I could just, okay, I'll do that. You know, and that's another thing that's kind of cool about doing things the way that I'm doing them, like by myself, because you know, I release uh, a lot of my music like as instrumentals, you know, and when you really think about it, it's a really good idea to do, especially in the age of YouTube and people making videos and stuff like to have music without lyrics. And it just is music, you know, and there's no context. It's just what the music is. But think about this. Like if I were in a band with like a lead singer, which I have been, Uh, There is like no way, okay, think about this. There is no way that a singer in a band would allow the music to be released without their voice on the recording, you know? But in my case, in the situation with Pipe Choir, I am the singer. So I don't care if the lyrics aren't and my voice isn't on the recording. You know, I'll release both. I'll release a version with my voice And I'll release a version without my voice. And I don't care because it's me. Like, I don't care. There's no ego involved. It's not like, you know, a source of pride or hurting my pride or something, right? 
So think about that. It's kind of cool. And Circuit Freaker, there you go, you know, is an example of that. Like I could have put lyrics on it. I could have, you know, tried to come up with some wonky, you know, thing to sing over it or something stupid. I guess I had some ideas, but none of them were really good. So in the end, I was better off just releasing it like I did. And as far as I know, it might be one of the only strictly instrumental pieces that I've released. There is no other version of that song with my voice on it. So, um, you know, I try to do that. I try to do things differently each time. You know, there's there's an effort there to come up with a new thing, come up with a new approach or a new idea. And, you know, very often it's very, it's a subtle change or subtle difference or something that people probably don't even notice, but I notice it and I know it's there. And that keeps me kind of like challenged and, and doing something fresh or trying to do something fresh each time I release a new song or something, or I'm working on a new song. So there you go. There's Circuit Freaker. And, uh, you know, I hope that you guys will enjoy it. You know, I hope that you've listened to it already. But if you haven't, you know, check it out. And like I said, maybe at the end of this podcast, I'll let you hear what the original sounded like. And then I'll give you the new version, too. So you can, you know, put them back to back and listen and and hear the difference. Now, okay, I'm going to talk to you now about this song I released called Everything Will Be Alright. Okay? Um, This song, okay, has got kind of a weird story. Alright? And it doesn't sound like much when you listen to it. It sounds like a pop song. And even some of the uh, comments that I got about it were, uh, you know, alluding to that idea. Like, oh, this is a, a departure from what you normally do. Uh, this is a pop song, you know, and, you know, I don't have any problem releasing something that sounds like a pop song or something that's different. I don't have a problem releasing anything that I come up with because it's like, you know, I can't make the same sounding music all the time. And what would be the fun in that? Like, you know, I, I listen to a lot of different music. I'm influenced by a lot of different music and, you know, therefore, the music that I make myself is going to be sometimes eclectic and, you know, grabbing from different genres or, you know, different influences or things I've heard over the years. And I have no problem with that. And as far as I'm concerned, if you are a recording artist or a songwriter or whatever, even a, you know, it doesn't matter if it's music or not, it doesn't have to be music, it could be any kind of creative endeavor you should be grabbing from all different angles and you should be striving for that as far as i'm concerned that's that's my opinion like there's nothing wrong with changing things up every once in a while you know and doing something different so anyway this song everything will be all right um back in like 1991 okay when i was really kind of just starting to write songs and kind of like mess around with this idea of writing my own songs. Hang on one sec. I'm going to get a sip of my coffee. Hang on. Oh, man. I got Dunkin' Donuts coffee today. That's probably why I'm talking so fast. 
I'm like wired. I don't know what they put in this coffee, but it tastes so good and it jacks you up. I mean, I could do like laps around my house right now, you know. Anyway, oh, is that good? Um, so back in like 1991, I was just starting to kind of mess around with the idea of writing songs. Um, I wrote maybe like three or four, maybe five songs, okay? And um, I wound up recording like two or three of them in a studio. And there were like two other songs that I didn't record, okay? But the three songs that I did record wound up going like bullshit for me, okay? And I'm not sure if you know the story of Pipe Choir back in the origins of Pipe Choir, but um, I had a song called Waterfall and I had a song called Savior, okay? And I just wrote them like, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I just wrote them, okay? I didn't know if they were good or bad. I just, they were mine and they were original. And, uh, by some weird, you know, turn of events, I wound up getting the opportunity to go into this studio in my city of Cleveland, you know, by myself without my band that I was in. I got to go in the studio by myself and record these three songs. And what wound up happening immediately after that is kind of inexplicable. Like, I don't know how to explain why this happened or what, but the songs that I recorded in that studio wound up making it onto mainstream radio in my city, okay? Just this weird turn of events, okay? Now, this is like my first at-bat, you know? Like, my first song, okay? The first song I ever really wrote, okay? It winds up going crazy, okay? And they were playing it all the time on the radio. It became a hit on the radio. Um, It's kind of hard to believe that ever even happened, really, when I think about it now. But it's true, okay? And that was like the start of all this stuff that I've made. You know, that was the beginning of Pipe Choir, And uh, I think, you know, I did talk about this uh, in a Snowflake 33 episode. So um, I guess if you want to, you could go back and find it. I think it was uh, the Fame uh, podcast that I was talking about, that concept of fame. So if you want to, if you're so inclined, go back and check that out if you want. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make here is that Okay, these three songs I had kind of went crazy. They did really well. And I had these two other songs that were, you know, they were kind of like not great. Um, And I had met this guy in high school. Okay, he was like a musician. He was like in another band. He was younger than me. But uh, he was an all right guy. You know, his name was Mark Went. And, um, you know, he played bass. And uh, from what I remember, like, the band that he was in was, like, really into, like, Jane's Addiction. So they were kind of, like, you know, emulating Jane's Addiction. And, you know, that's what you do 
when you're young, right? But um, anyway, so I wound up, you know, kind of like staying in communicate with this guy. You know, he was a musician on the scene, playing kind of like the same clubs I was. And, you know, of course, he was a homie. You know, he's from my city that I went to school in and everything. So, uh, you know, we maintained some kind of relationship. And, um, you know, after my song did, after my songs did well on the radio, um, he started calling me. Okay, because he wanted to be like more than a musician or a bass player or anything. He really wanted to be like a studio engineer, like he was going to go into that field. And uh, it was kind of cool, I guess, because his father, I remember this distinctly because it was one of the only times I've ever seen anything like this. But his father, Mark's father, was really supportive of him. And really trying to help him along, you know, actively. And, you know, his father started to call me and ask me if I would be willing to do some recording with his son, Mark. And I was like, well, of course I would, you know, of course I will. So I had this song. uh, (laughs) I don't even think I had a name for it, but it was the song everything will be all right. Okay. Um, I I don't remember what I called it, but I went to Mark's house and, you know, he had like a little four track cassette recorder and, uh, we did a, we know we did a version of this song and it was, you know, (laughs) God love him. I mean, he tried very hard and we were just young kids who didn't know our asses from page eight, you know, we hadn't figured it out yet, but, um, it came out terrible. I mean, it was absolutely, absolutely horrible. Okay. (laughs) And, you know, to tell you the truth, I had forgotten about it, like completely forgotten about it. But, you know, I had this like box filled with cassette tapes from back in the day. And every once in a while, like when I'm burned out on working in the studio or something, or, you know, I just need to take a break from it all. I'll go back and I'll just for fun, I'll start listening to these cassette tapes from back in the day. Well, you know, maybe about four months ago, you know, it was like a Friday night or something. And I was bored and tired of working on the song I was working on. So I started thumbing through these cassettes and I found this recording that Mark went and I had done back in like 1992 or 93 or something. You know, it was like way back in the day, this horrible recording. And, you know, as soon as I pressed play, I was like, what is this? Like, I don't even know what this is. And then I remembered, oh yeah, that's right. This is that song I wrote and, you know, you know, it just was recorded bad. I don't think the song was bad. It just wasn't recorded well. So I got the idea. Like, what would happen if I, like, you know, started to record this song, like, knowing what I know now in my studio? Like, what if I brought it back to life? Like, I gave it, like, a second chance. And I thought that was a really kind of fun idea, you know, especially because the song 
is like so simple and you know it's not it's not difficult to play or to do and and it was like right away as soon as i started to you know put the song together in my studio i mean i knew right away like this is a good idea <laughs> you know this is actually sounding like a real song like this is pretty good you know now mind you i was a young kid when i wrote that song and it's apparent to me like when i listen to it now although it may not be apparent to you but to me when i hear it i remember that i loved okay back in like 1990 to 95 or whatever even before that really 87 to 95 i loved okay the jesus and mary chain i loved that band i thought their music was great it was like simple it was powerful it was rocking and it was poppy but it just worked and you know we know now you know through the passing of time that the jesus and mary chain really kind of paved the way for the band the smiths on uh the record label rough trade records um the Jesus and Mary chain was the like the major band on Rough Trade Records and they made a lot of money for that label and that money from what I understand funded the Smiths so without the Jesus and Mary chain on Rough Trade Records America probably well we probably would have heard the Smiths eventually but the reason the Smiths became what they are or one of the reasons is because the Jesus and Mary chain had paved the way. Okay, so I loved the Jesus and Mary chain and you can hear it in my singing and everything. And I thought, you know, when I listened to music from back then that I was writing and stuff, I kind of laugh a little bit because the influence is so heavy from the Jesus and Mary chain and other groups too. I mean, there were other groups that I were that I was drawing from or whatever, but like I was saying before about Mark and his band, you know, with Jane's Addiction, like we emulate our heroes. Like we emulate what we like to hear, you know, when we're first starting out. And I was doing that. So when you listen to Everything Will Be Alright, you know, maybe if you're old enough or you're familiar with the Jesus and Mary chain, you know, you'll hear that in that song. And I have no bones about that. You know, just a couple months ago when I was working on it, like I was kind of proud of the fact that it sounds like the Jesus and Mary chain. And like maybe it's not such a bad idea to reintroduce, you know, that sound like right now. And, you know, just judging by the response that that song is getting, you know, of course, like none of my songs are smash hits. Right. But, you know, in my world, you know, I can kind of gauge like when a song is doing okay and that one's doing okay. You know, it's like people are receptive to that sound. And even though it's poppy, even though it's simple and it's kind of bubblegum and, you know, it's not this hard hitting subject matter, it's really kind of a whimsical romp, you know, um, about love or something, you know, like a love song, you know, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Like sometimes that's cool too, you know, like, like I'll decide what's cool, you know, like for me, like I, I decide what's cool. And as far as I'm concerned, that's cool. So, 
there you go. There's the story behind that song, Everything Will Be Alright. And you know what? I'm happy with the video, too. I gotta say, of all the videos that I've made, good or bad or indifferent, whatever, I gotta say that I love the video for Everything Will Be Alright. I think that the footage goes perfectly with the music. And, you know, when you have, like, a song and you're going to make a video for it, which, you know, I try to do with every song, you know, it's really difficult sometimes to kind of come up with a concept, you know, for the video. Like, that's a whole separate ball of wax, you know? Uh, hang on, I'm going to get another sip of coffee here. Oh, man. Okay, one more sip. Okay, so this idea of having to come up with like a visual as well as the song, you know, I mean, it's really kind of a whole separate world, really. And it's difficult a lot of the time for me. Like I'll, I'll have a song, you know, like Anatoly, you know, and yeah, I guess I could go grab, you know, snippets of that movie, The Island and you know, put them to the music, but that would be kind of like lame. And there's all kinds of like copyright stuff you got to deal with. And for a guy like me, an outsider artist on the underground, eh, that's not going to happen, you know? So I have to come up with other ideas. And with this song, everything will be all right. It was just like kismet. It was just, you know, meant to be. Like, as soon as I put that footage, that single shot of that girl dancing to this music, like, just, it was it was perfect. It was perfect. And you may or may not agree, and that's okay, but you may hate the video and the song. I, I don't care, but I like it. And I find myself watching it and listening to it probably more, believe it or not, than most of my other songs and other videos. Isn't that strange? This totally, you know, easy, simple, cheesy pop song I did. Hey, I'm going to it and I'm watching it and I'm liking it more than the songs that I've like slaved over and really worked so hard on and the videos I tried so hard and I don't like them as much. Isn't that weird? It's kind of kind of a weird thing, but that has happened. Um, so there you go. A little bit of talking today about some tunes, about some music, you know, about my music. Oh, oh, yeah. OK. And I also wanted to tell you, um, <laughs> this is kind of funny. Like in my history, OK, my what, uh, 20 or 30 year history now as a songwriter, Okay, because I guess I am a songwriter, right? Um, <laughs> there's been maybe like one or two or three songs I've done in the course of 30 years, okay, where I worked on them for a long time and I worked on them for so long that I had to stop. I couldn't do it anymore. It was driving me crazy and I'd put it down and then like many, many years later, I'd pick it up again work on it totally like just really try get sick of it burned out on it put it down a couple years go by pick it up again there's only been like three of those maybe only two 
okay? One of those songs is a cover version, okay, of the song by Peter Gabriel called Come Talk to Me, okay? I had this, like, great idea to cover this song and to put these big drums in it, you know, and have it be part of the M-Circle Drum Brigade. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but the M-Circle Drum Brigade is a project that I've done aside from Pipe Choir, aside from PC3 and all the other stuff. This project was like a marching band idea, big drums, minimal music, uh, and vocals. That was like the, the thinking. And I wanted to do this version of Come Talk to Me, you know, my way, like with the with the big drums and all that stuff. And it was like, you know, I thought it was a brilliant idea, you know. And that was back in like 2010. <laughs> I have worked on this cover version of Come Talk to Me for so long. I have more, you know, session backups, more files, you know, uh, I mean, just more content, more data around this cover version of this song than any other song I've ever done. Okay. I mean, we're talking a good 10 years, you know, of working on this song and it just was never able to kind of like come together fast enough. It was like a very difficult for some reason for me. It was a very difficult, it is a very difficult song to cover. And which surprises me because I thought, you know, when I first started out with this idea for this song, I thought it would go a lot smoother than it did. And, uh, you know, I started to work on the song again uh, a few weeks ago. You know, I decided, you know what? I'm going to work on that cover version of Come Talk to Me. I'm going to finish it. I'm going to put it out into the public and get it behind me. So I, I don't have to think about it anymore. Like, I'm going to finish it. And see, what would happen was, over the years, when I would work on it, you know, I would work for like, you know, maybe a month, you know, work on the drums and like singing it and then, okay, what kind of guitars do I want to put in? And all oh, those sound like crap. I have to redo the guitars. They sound like crap. And I would just, you know, work on it, work on it, work on it until I couldn't work on it anymore. Like it was driving me crazy. And I would find myself putting it down, starting to work on something else, and I would forget about it. And then, you know, a year later or months later, whatever, I would go back and find that last session I worked on, you know, load it up, start working on it again, get sick of it again, <laughs> put it down, work on something else. I mean, it just, it just kept happening, you know, more than any other song, okay? And so just recently, you know, I was in that situation again, but this time I decided, you know what? I am, I am not going to put this song down. I am not going to stop working on it. I'm going to finish the song now and I'm not going to think about it anymore. I'm going to put it out there, whether people like it or not, or whether it sounds like crap or not, I don't care. 
I'll do the best I can. I'll make it sound as good as I can. And then I'll be done with it. So hopefully the hope is I'm very close to having it to a point where I'm satisfied with what I have. Uh, I think it's good enough. And it's not just because I'm sick of working on it. It's more like I, I really do think at this point there would be no point in releasing it uh, sounding like crap after all these years of tweaking it and working on it. I mean, it's got to sound at least decent. So hopefully, you know, in the next couple days or something, you know, I'm not exactly sure. I'm very close to having it finished, but, uh, you know, I'll release that and it'll be behind me. You'll be able to hear it. Hopefully you'll like it. And hopefully I will too. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully I'll listen to it a year from now and I'll go, Hey, you know, actually doesn't sound too bad. I'm not so sure that'll happen, but <laughs> I'll probably be more like, Oh, I should have changed this or I should have redid this or I should have, you know, there'd be something, always be something probably with that song, but that's coming up soon. You'll be hearing it soon. Hopefully. Um, so anyway, I guess I've been yapping about my music for what, almost an hour now pathetic i know i just you know you just wind me up with some coffee hang on get another sip oh my gosh it's so good it's like perfect perfect temperature perfect taste and aftertaste fantastic hang on thank god for coffee um yeah, so that's it for today, guys. You know, um, sorry it wasn't anything spectacular this time around. You know, but I guess you know maybe it's maybe it's interesting for you guys. I don't know. I think it might be right to hear me talking about this stuff. I mean, how often do you really get a chance to have some uh, you know underground outsider artist musician you know talking about the intricacies of what I do, you know, and the process, you know, I don't know. Maybe you can tell me in the comments, is it worthwhile to you? Is it boring the snot out of you? Or maybe don't tell me, (laughs) don't tell me anything in the comments. Just, (laughs) just, you know, (laughs) let, let me live in this world I live in, (laughs) in my mind. No, I'm just kidding. Having fun trying to anyway in this crazy, crazy world we're in. And hopefully you guys are too. You know, that life isn't like dragging you down too much and all this nonsense, you know, with the politics and the world. And, oh, geez. You know, it's like, it's like watching reality TV, you know. It's, but it's not reality. <laughs> it's like... I don't even, is the word fake? I guess that would be the word, but I don't know. It's just so outrageous and tabloidish. It's the National Enquirer, but like in video, you know, it's, it's like that. Um, yeah. Chin up everybody, you know, hang on. Life isn't really as bad as they're portraying it, uh, on your television or on your smartphone, you know, the stuff they're cramming down your throat about 
Trump and Biden and politics and coronavirus and all the social media stuff and cancel culture, all these things, just, you know, <sighs> tune out, you know, tune out, listen to a pipe choir song, <laughs> listen to everything will be all right, you know, it's an appropriate title for right now, isn't it? Um, you know, eh, maybe, huh? Maybe everybody, maybe everything will be all right. Let's think about that until next time. So my happy innovators until next time, this is Mike Bostwick from pipe choir records signing off. And remember folks, if you want to keep what you've got, you've got to give it away. Take it easy, everybody. Okay, happy innovators. I got some music for you today. I'm going to play for you the original version of Circuit Freaker. And then I will play for you the new version of Circuit Freaker. And uh, I will let you tell me what you think. You know, hopefully you'll enjoy it. And uh, until next time, keep the faith. Try to be happy. Try to have some fun. And don't let all this stuff that's going on around us and the news and all that, don't let it drag you down too much, okay? Because everything will be all right. Peace out, everybody.